This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 261, Comic Reviews for April 8th Releases. Welcome to Comic Shenanigans, this is episode 261, it's our Comic Reviews episode for releases from April 8th, and I am your host, Adam Chapman. Uh, this episode, once again, I feel like this has been weeks and weeks in a row, but uh, it's going up a little later than I always plan. I always plan that I don't like the reviews episodes to go up any later than the Wednesday following when the books are released, which would have made this 15th of April, but unfortunately, here we are on April the 17th, uh, getting an episode done, so... Uh, the one upside is I was able to read a lot more comics in the meantime um, before this one was actually, uh, I've had a chance to review, uh, actually uh, put together this episode. Uh, this episode is going to be a little bit faster paced because these books are a little bit older now, so I don't want to spend too much time, uh, and some of them are remarkably similar to each other. Uh, so we first up, we have Ant-Man number one, sorry, not number one, Jesus, this is number four. It's by Nick Spencer and Ramon Rosanas, and I'm absolutely loving this book, um, just a great take on Scott Lang. I love Scott Lang and then the, the Grizzly and uh, Machine Smith working together as kind of a, a, a crew working for Ant-Man Security Solutions, uh, going up against Crossfire. Um, I just thought this was extremely well written. The art was fantastic. Great sensibility to the art. Uh, just su- such a fun kind of caper. Um, the way that the characters are being written is just so much fun. Uh, I have to give this an eight out of ten, eight and a half out of ten. Actually, this was just a, a fun book, probably one of the most fun books I think Marvel's doing. There's just something about the way it's been written, um, the way the characters coming off the page. I mean, it makes sense why they want to launch a Scott Lang book now, and thank God they're giving us a good one. Um, it's just so much fun, and it's well worth the read and well worth the money. To be honest, um, it's just such a fun book. Uh, next up is Avengers World. This is issue number 19 by Carlo Barbieri and artwork by um, Marco Cicciotto. It is just a fill-in issue, but it's a... Well, not fill-in, but it's filling in the blanks, I should say. That's a fun issue of telling about uh, Sunspots trying to take over AIM, and as well as we also have um, more on Nightmask and Starbrand, who, to be honest, are really hard characters to really get invested in or interested in. Um, so most of this issue works when it's about Sunspot taking on um, Andrew Forson, the Scientist Supreme, which I thought was really cool uh, all the way through, just really badass, seeing how he kind of decides to take on, take out the main leader of AIM and how he makes it happen. Uh, his, his kind of uh, brotherly, kind of almost, um, like, the way that they write Hyperion with the beard, I don't know why, but it changes how I view the character, and it, that sounds like such a stupid comment, but when he has the beard, he just looks a little bit more wise and they, the, I guess the way they play him too here is that he's so much more reserved and not the Hyperion we're maybe more used to and that also makes him just such a dramatically different type of character um, so I, I think I enjoy this more than the previous issues of this particular storyline I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 uh, next up is I guess it's the big one isn't it it's uh, Convergence number 1 um, which I kind of felt was a bit of a mess um, it's yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it just doesn't feel new reader friendly. I guess that's the problem. Is I feel like a, a main series like Convergence, it should be easy to get into. Instead, like it starts with something very similar to the, to the um, Injustice storyline and kind of seeing that world. Um, then we see the, the heroes of Earth Two kind of deposited on Telos. Uh, they're kind of having their own deal, which for like pages and pages of this them just getting more 
kind of room to do their own thing, which is fine. But if you haven't, if you don't know who these characters are, we're, we're reading that world, uh, Earth to World's End. This is, just feels like so much extra that you don't care about and aren't invested in. It doesn't really do a good job of making you care about these characters. Instead, you then see in the sequence that you'll end up seeing repeated in every single freaking book that came out this week uh, in terms of what Telos does and what he kind of says to everyone. And then it's over. And I just found it just to be extremely frustrating. Like I don't think I really enjoyed it. Um, it just it didn't... I, I feel like this is a tough... It feels very written by committee and... Uh, or not written by committee, but like put together by, um, you know, editorial, and it doesn't feel natural. Jeff King and Scott Lobdell, I'm pretty sure, did their best, but they were given a really difficult task. Artwork by uh, Carlo Pagulan and Jason Paz. Uh, they do good good artwork for the most part. It just the story I found uh, not very engaging. So I'm going to give this story maybe a five out of ten, um, but trending downwards to be honest. Uh, next up is first in a series of one-shots I'm going to talk about. Uh, we've got Convergence, The Atom, um, which t- just felt very strange. Um, I mean, all these books, essentially, they're all, they all kind of have the main same point. So this is written by Tom Payer, artwork by Steve Yowell. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the art, and the idea that somehow, you know, Ray Palmer has this weird power with his hand that kind of reminds me of the embiggen power that uh, Kamala Khan has... And this, you know, kind of living in this under the dome and how Ray Palmer is kind of trying to be this hero and ends up going up against um, Deathstroke briefly. And it it just felt very weird. I like that they were exploring the fact that Ray Palmer is dealing with the fact that Ryan Troy was killed and then Ryan Troy appears to not actually be dead at all. It just felt very strange, kind of odd, Um, kind of fun. But again, I don't know if people... It doesn't really feel like the Ray Palmer we had prior to the New 52 either, so it just feel, felt almost out of place. I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. Next up is Batgirl number 1. So everyone's stuck under this dome, at least in this particular week, in Gotham City, which was a little frustrating that everyone's in freaking Gotham City. Um, but whatever, it's its own MacGuffin. And uh, they're going to end up going against all these other worlds. I, I didn't mind this just because I kind of kind of liked just seeing spoiler as Batgirl again um the art wasn't the greatest but it was kind of cool to kind of see how she was wanting to kind of be a hero uh no matter what um and it was kind of cool to see her kind of acting as Batgirl um it just again felt strange though and this one felt a little bit more heavy on the you know there's going to be a battle kind of uh side uh, it's written by Elisa K. Whitney and artwork by Rick Leonardi. The, I found the artwork by Leonardi to be a little loose. Um, not nearly as tight and well kind of constructed as I would have expected from an artist of his caliber. I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. Uh, next up is Convergence Justice League number 1. Um, now, one th- thing that definitely came to mind throughout this entire kind of venue was that it was kind of weird how... Like, this wasn't quite, like, right pre-Flashpoint. They kind of dabbled around with characters that are more or less pre-Flashpoint, but not exactly has the how they were, which will come up in one of the upcoming uh, titles I'm going to talk about. This issue is written by Frank Thierry. I'm glad to read a new issue by him. And Vicente Cifuentes on artwork, who I thought he just did a fantastic job. Um, really kind of liked seeing 
they had the kind of female Justice League members and Congorilla and it was this I found was actually a lot of fun um, kind of seeing this this assortment of, of characters uh, how they go go up against the Flashpoint uh, Aquaman uh, as well which is really cool um, this I actually thought was really kind of a cool story uh, the artwork was really cool as well although at times you know it's a lot of females and Obviously, they kind of go a little overboard in the way that they draw the female anatomy. But for the most part, um, I thought just definitely looked fantastic. Um, so I'm going to give this uh, an 8 out of 10. I thought it was one of the stronger convergence books that we got. And um, the characterization, I thought, felt a little bit more accurate and uh, more grounded. Uh, next up is a book I did like, but again, it, it kind of felt strange. Because pre-New 52, as far as I'm think it's been a few years like four years now uh, i'm pretty sure nightwing wasn't around and batman and sorry dick grayson was still batman so in nightwing oracle he's back to being nightwing there's no real explanation um I, the art they um didn't the first of all this written by gail simone artwork by jan Durs, Durs, um i actually really did like the artwork except for nightwing felt much more like kind of the, the injustice version of nightwing where he had kind of more padded body armor and not the kind of live Nightwing that I, I, that I enjoy reading about more, um, where he looks more like an acrobat. Seeing Starfire here was kind of cool. The idea that um, Dick Grayson and, and uh, Oracle are together. He's, like, proposing. She's kind of hesitating and not quite wanting to say yes. Um, very interesting. And, again, this one focused a bit more on the fighting between another reality. Um, although, again, the Hawk people we never really saw in Flashpoints era universe which is interesting i definitely liked how this ended because it felt like classic kind of gil simone's version of batgirl or sorry not batgirl oracle or barbara gordon which i thought was refreshing um it wasn't quite the home run i thought it was going to be but i still think it's a seven out of ten uh next up is convergence speed force which felt a bit of a nightmare um not a nightmare it just felt odd it's written by Tony Bedard, who I do like. Tom Grummet's the artist, although it didn't even look like Tom Grummet. Like, I don't know, something about maybe the inks, but, like, it it didn't even feel like his work. I guess what I found most frustrating about this was that uh, Wally didn't quite feel himself. But more than that, his kids were, you know, still had superpowers instead of only one of them having superpowers, which is what happened in Flash Rebirth. So even though this is, this is pre-New 52, it's like pre-New 52, but post something else which i thought was strange um there were some great kind of classic kind of flash poses that uh, grummet was doing which i thought was really cool um the whole idea of the tether i didn't need to see that back i I liked it when iris was impulse even though that was only for like five minutes um seeing i i guess the uh captain what captain karen the z crew um, version of uh, a speedster fastback was really cool. Seeing the different kind of alternate uh, cities that are around was cool as well as uh, as well. It took a, a run through everything. Um, this one had moments, but, uh, but I think fell short overall. I'm going to give it maybe a six and a half out of ten. Uh, generally speaking, most once you read one of these issues, they kind of bled together because they're all kind of the same. They're all living in Gotham. They're under this dome. As long as the dome's there, there's no powers. Once the dome's gone, they have their powers back. That's kind of it. It's kind of rinse and repeat. And then they find out they have to fight someone. That's more or less what you got in this, you know, this series of stories. And that's, what, I guess, what we're going to continue getting. It's interesting that, you know, uh, we, um, I had a chance to talk to Fabian 
Yes, he asked uh, on a recent episode, well, not even a re- recent episode, a future episode, episode 262, and he was talking about how what it was like to write the Convergence books and that they were kind of told, they're in this dome, go ahead, like just kind of do what you want and go from there. So it's interesting to kind of read all these stories kind of made in a vacuum and seeing how similar they are to each other and seeing where I guess maybe there is a bit more of editorial control. Uh, next up is Convergence Superman number one. Uh, which I dug. It was kind of fun. Um, it definitely kind of different. Um, the Flashpoint universe, again, getting a little bit more play here, and especially uh, Kal-El. Um, this particular issue, let's see, who who wrote this? Uh, it's Dan Jurgens wrote it with Lee Weeks Art, although I really wish Dan Jurgens would have had time to illustrate it himself, but I do like having him write it because it definitely lends a certain, there's a certain feeling to it that it just felt very classic feeling. Um, and I, I did also enjoy his his take on the Flashpoint characters, seeing Superman going up against, uh, I guess, Captain Thunder was cool, as well as, like, Avancer and the cyborg from the uh, Flashpoint universe was really cool. Although I thought Avancer died, but I could be completely wrong. Unless it's an earlier version of that. I don't even know. Um, and, again, seeing the Flashpoint Kal-El was cool. There's just, there was a lot of cool elements here. And interested to see where they go from here. I like that Lois is pregnant, which is a really cool concept as well. One thing I have mentioned, but I also do enjoy, is the kind of um, the kind of um, uh, what's it called uh, recaps of Superman's kind of life, uh, or at least up to this point, which is really cool. Kind of giving setting the stage. Uh, so even if you didn't necessarily know the pre-New Fifty Two, which is less important here, but more important in the coming weeks when it's the Crisis and Zero Hour era versions of the characters. Um, but I, I, I dug this. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Uh, next up is Convergence Titans uh, by the aforementioned uh, Fabian Nisiesa. Um I like this. I mean, it definitely felt like there was a, a concerted effort to make Roy Harper kind of cool again and not the giant mess he was when they were kind of done with the character. Um, it's uh, artwork by Ron Wagner, who I think does a great job. Uh, very kind of classic kind of feel to the character. It gives you a great sense of who the character was, who he's been in the year that they've been under the dome, and who he's going to be now that people have their powers again, and maybe he has to kind of be a he- more of a hero again as uh, Arsenal. Um, it also kind of addresses you know the, his feelings of loss and um, feeling lo- um, lost uh, because of the death of his daughter as well. So I, I actually dug this quite a lot, and I thought it went a long way to kind of rehabilitating the character, even though it won't matter after the after a convergence anyway. Or at least we're led to believe that. Um, that's basically everything from DC. Next up is Darth Vader number four. I thought this is actually still a, a quite a strong issue. Um, Kieran Gillen writing it, La Roca and Art. I really liked the art here. I thought was fantastic and very imaginative. Um, seeing kind of Vader being a badass was really cool. Um, yeah, I just. I just really kind of dug this. I thought it was just a fantastic issue. And it remains just a, a great uh, series of books that we've been getting from uh, from Marvel. And the way like uh, they have um, Darth Vader interrogating and then the kind of C-3PO-like um, kind of evil robot doing the interrogation as well. It was very cool. Um, so I'm excited to see what we got next from issue 5. This is uh, an 8 out of 10. It's just all these Star Wars books have been really good. This is second best but it's it's right up there with uh, the main Star Wars book uh, next up is uh, Hulk 14 by Jerry Dugan and Mark Bagley just 
God, I love this book. It's so much fun. This Omega Hulk storyline is so interesting. Um, it's just the the artwork is is just so full of life and, and vigor, and and there's so much energy on each page. Uh, the script by Dugan just feels very solid. Um, the characterization between Red Hulk and um, and Doc Green, how they're written, also how Deadpool even works in here was kind of a felt very natural. Um, can't wait to kind of see what we get next. Uh, the ending is kind of cool as well with Banner, uh, Hulk turning back into Banner just as they're dropping down to Earth. Um, man, like this is so good. I'm going to be so sad when it's over just because it's been one of the better Hulk storylines I've read in a while. It's just, and part of it's Mark Bagley, i got to admit. I love the art, but also the story I've just found so much fun. So I'm going to give that a 9 out of 10. I, I found it that good. Uh, next up is Miles Morales Ultimate Spider-Man issue number 12. Um, which is, I guess, the last issue of this series, which ends with the, the kind of the final incursion starting. Uh, Hydra and Dr. Doom have formed an alliance, so Brian Michael Bendis and David Marquez to give us the story. It felt like it was kind of done too quickly, like there was just a lot to kind of get done, and I thought the pacing felt very rushed. Um, you know, bringing in all sorts of characters, you know, bringing in, what's his name, um, uh, Dagger and, um, what's it called? Jesus. Dagger and Cloak and uh, the all-new Ultimates and going up against Doc Doom and even putting down Doc Doom felt way too easy. Um, it, it just felt a little unearned and it didn't feel like it was really the solid ending that the book deserved. Um, and it, it just felt very kind of pat and easy and um, again, sim- like kind of rushed. So I'm going to give it a 6. And last but not least is Spider-Man 2099 issue 11. This was just a lot of fun. Fantastic issue. Will Slinney, again, was a great artist for this book. Peter David doing a great job writing the character. It's nice to see, you know, they kind of get back to the, the core idea behind the concept with uh, Miguel working at Al- um, what's going to eventually be, well, the current Alchemax. Um, his kind of team up briefly with Spider-Man and then uh, talking with Peter Parker was cool. Uh, his whole interaction with... Um, Tempest and curing her cancer and then her turning into a monster in front of him was very cool as well. Really sad there's only one more issue because I just thought it was such a great book that deserved deserved longer and deserved more space to grow. So I'm going to give it 8 out of 10. ton of books I didn't get a chance to uh, get to. I'm not going to discuss or mention all of them, but I'll just mention some of the highlights. of the well, Not highlights, but the selected uh, particular issues of note that I didn't get a chance to read yet, which include Convergence, Batman, and Robin. Um, all new Hawkeye number two, Avengers Millennium number two, uh, Howard the Duck number two. I can't wait to read that. Shield number four, and Spider Woman number six, which I'm actually halfway through and I'm really enjoying. Um, looking to the future, or really to the past, so two days ago on April 15th, some of the particular um, highlights from the releases include Convergence number two, Convergence Green Lantern Parallax. Uh, Convergence Justice League International, uh, Convergence Aquaman, Convergence Superboy, Convergence Supergirl Matrix, Convergence Superman Man of Steel, um, from uh, from Image, we got what, Revi- Revival 29, Postal, sorry, Postal had reprinting, it wasn't a new issue, and then uh, a new issue of Spawn, that's 251, um, and then at Marvel, some of the highlights include Avengers Millennium number 3, uh, Deadpool Classic Companion Volume or sorry, Deadpool Classic Companion trade paperback, uh, Fantastic Four trade paperback volume three, Back in Blue, uh, another chapter of Black Vortex in Legendary Star Lord, uh, Men of Wrath is in trade paperback, 
I didn't even realize that was over or coming to trade already. I knew issue of Miss Marvel, of Nova. There's the Nova Volume 5 trade paperback Axis. Uh, the Scrolls Must Die trade paperback Complete Scroll Kill Crew. Uh, new issue of Spider-Man and X-Men. Um, new issue of Superior Iron Man. New issue of Thor. As well as Uncanny X-Men and Wolverine's number 14. Um, so that's everything coming out or has just come out on April 15th. So that's going to do us for this episode. Our next episode will be our, our two-hour interview with Fabian Nicieza on episode 262. Uh, from there, we'll have another review episode, and uh, we'll have to kind of see what happens in future episodes. Obviously, we're going to have Avengers Age of Ultron episode coming up in a couple weeks. Um, there's going to be, at some point, hopefully, an episode with uh, Chuck Dixon doing an interview. Uh, we hope to have Jerry Dugan maybe on the podcast by the uh, end of May, but that's kind of tentative still. And we're working on some other special stuff as well. Um, looking to have a few other special guests, uh, maybe not comic book professionals, but other, other people in the uh, kind of uh, fandom. One who's on another podcast and another who's um, the curator of one of the uh, a really good comic book website for the character of Daredevil. So those are things that might become or should might be coming up in the future. You can email us at comic shenanigans at gmail.com, rate or review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also like I think I said like us on Facebook already. And uh yeah, thank you for joining us for this episode. Thank you for uh listening to the show and we'll catch you next time for again that very special two hour episode with Fabian Nisiesa. Thanks for joining us. Bye bye. <laughs>